Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom Brown. I saw him in the hall. He's a lazy dude, huh? No, he's not. He works very hard here, but we give him a little break once in a while. And uh, it's a pleasure to be with you on this holiday Monday. Uh, we hope uh, you're taking advantage of this good day, and we hope that you're actually thinking about the fact that it is Martin Luther King weekend. I was a pastor in Mesa for 25 years at Word of Grace Church. It's now called City of Grace, with three campuses in Scottsdale, Mesa, and downtown Phoenix. Uh, I was at the Mesa campus. It was the pastor there. We had a big church. And I sort of pioneered as, a, as, a, as an Anglo, as a white boy. I pioneered a celebration of ML King weekend. Every Sunday, every, every MLK Sunday, we had an African-American come and speak to our congregation. And I told him, you know, don't pull any punches. Talk about race issues. Talk about uh, things that you've experienced personally. Let people hear your story. Talk about Dr. King. Uh, of course, I had um, African-American speakers other times during the years, but um, always on Martin Luther King weekend. And we took a holiday. We took Monday off. Of course, at the radio station, you know, we still have to fill your mind and heart with interesting and challenging things every day of the week, but, um, and we do live stuff. I think you do some live stuff uh, during the week, too, right? I got Diane Zapponi here with me in the studio. Paisley. Oh, Zapponi <laughs> Paisley. She's only been married for, like, years now. I know. Yes, anyway. Hello. Hello, are you on? I don't know if I can hear I you. I am on. I can hear me. Oh, I can hear you now, yes. I can hear me. Jeremy can hear me. So, can so hear me. anyway... Uh, we're going to talk about that today. Our guest is on his way, and I will introduce him shortly. But I asked uh, Diane to sit in with me today. She, yes. She's never done this before. Never, you've I never been on the ran radio. Down the hall. <laughs> I've never been on the radio with you. I don't know. Have, no, I no, been have you ever radio? been on the radio at all? Oh, at all? Yes. Yeah, I know. You're on Maybe all the once time. or twice. Yes. Uh, tell our listeners what you do. First of all, you're, you're sort of Tom's boss, right? I am officially uh, yeah, Tom's and, boss. Yeah, officially. And we which... like to say that whenever possible. <laughs> One day a month, officially my boss. Yeah. Well, I'm always your boss too, but I, but I, I know I scare you. So I I kind of resent that. You but know, you know it's, it's a learn it's a learning thing. We have to trust God. You know what? And that's been the thing. I mean, it's been fun getting to know each other over the years because I think Gary thought I was a stalker for a while, but now you know <laughs> he knows I'm a harmless stalker, and and we have a good friendship now. We do. We do. Oh, well, Diane is just um, she is just fun, interesting, and. Um, I'm just so grateful that she ended up getting married because it, it's calmed her down. A, well, oh, maybe yeah. not at all. <laughs> I don't know about I that. I don't know. I pray for Gary. Yes. That's all I can say. That, yeah, Emmy. that's not me. She's not talking about me. She's it, talking it, about... That's right. I she has me in her life. Clarify, and then, my high-maintenance Gary, Gary yeah, Kinnaman, yes. my low-maintenance Gary, Gary Payton. Yeah, he's, yes. a, he's a fine guy, and he's been in Christian ministry for years. Yes. And uh, Diane has a little girl. Yeah, 10 years old. Emmy. Yep, sweet little girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a single... Person. Yes, we adopted each you other. You adopted each mm-hmm. other. That's a nice way to mm-hmm. put it. Yeah, we did. And how, how long have you had uh, Emmy now? Well, 
I met her when she was three months old, and she's ten and a half now. And she's so. Latina. She is. From what country? From Phoenix, Arizona. From Phoenix. That's a country. <laughs> if you ask her. But uh, Mexico, Diane, actually. you used to work with uh, Arizona. Well, Christian Family Care. W- uh, Christian Family Care that's Agency. How we met each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, they also they provide adoption services. Yes. They still do. And they and still, still do. still looking for foster parents and adoptive parents. And that's uh, we got to get some of our foster care advocates on here to talk about that again because some amazing things are happening in the church yep. around foster care. Well, we'll be back here in just a couple minutes, and uh, we'll be talking to a good friend of mine. I preached in his church and uh, had a great time. It was church all day. That's right. And, and uh, an African-American leader in the valley. We'll talk to you soon. Hang in there with us. There are five key ways, according to Dr. Gary Chapman, that we give and receive love. And on today's Focus on the Family Minute, he recalls a military couple who faced a challenge in keeping their relationship strong as the husband was deployed. One lady said to me, my husband's language is physical touch. He was deployed. I put my hand on a sheet of paper and I traced my hand and I mailed it to him with a note that said, put your hand on my hand, I want to hold your hand. And he told me later, Dr. Chapman, when I put my hand on that paper, I felt her, I felt her. While many couples face challenges in keeping their relationship strong, especially those in the military, and Dr. Chapman's insights about the love languages has helped millions experience a deeper intimacy. You'll find more trusted advice at FocusOnTheFamily.com. Hi, this is Colonel Kirk Gallegos, Commander of the Air Force Reserve's 944th Fighter Wing at Luke Air Force Base here in Arizona. Serving part-time in the Air Force Reserve in Arizona will allow you to advance your civilian career or continue your education. You will receive excellent training, educational assistance, and many other benefits. I encourage you to start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve by going to afreserve.com or calling 800-257-1212. This message is sponsored by the Air Force Reserve and aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. On the next Paws and Tales... God, I don't want to be disrespectful, but why do I have this? I just want to be normal. How could I not have seen it before? See what? It's like you see and right through you. Something special just happened here. With this gift of yours, you can help people to be more like Jesus. Be sure to join us for another episode of Insight for Living's Pause and tail. Every Saturday morning at 8.30 on Faith Talk 1360. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. 
brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Gary Kinnaman sitting in for Tom on his show, Koinonia, on Faith Talk Radio 1360 KPXQ. And I, uh, I told you we had a special mystery guest. <laughs> Who uh, Have you been busy today, mystery guest? I have been. And we just really appreciate you uh, taking a slice out of your amazingly busy day. I have across the uh, across the table from me here in the studio, Aubrey Barnwell. I almost said Henry, <laughs> but I know you, this is not Henry. Aubrey Barnwell is a pastor here in uh, the Valley, south. Uh, you're kind of south of the river, right? Yes, we are. Yes, and what's the name of your church? First New Life Missionary Baptist. Church. Yes, it's not just it's not just a. Baptist Church. It's not just a missionary Baptist Church. It's, it's a missionary Baptist it's a Church. It's a new life mission, but it's not just new life. It's first new, new life, life yes, missionary yes, church. Yes, yes. And uh, Aubrey, is, uh, you grew up here in the Valley, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Um, my father, of course, was in the Air Force, so we moved around quite a bit. Oh, he was, uh, he was in the Air Force? Yes, he was. He retired from the Air Force, as oh. a matter of fact. And uh, so we traveled around a lot. And uh, So uh, you were not born here? No, I was not. I was born in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Someone asked me if there are any black people in Grand Forks. Gonna... I said, not after I left. <laughs> I was going to ask you the same question. It's not exactly uh, the great continent of Africa no, up there. No, it's not. Yeah, so uh, so your father was in the Air Force, and... Uh, how long was he in the Air Force? Was he a career guy? Yes, he did the full 20 years. Okay. Was he enlisted, years. an officer? Uh, no, he was not. Huh? Um, he did. Uh, he was actually in Air Rescue. In Air Rescue? He did Air Rescue. And so Interesting. he did a uh, uh, stint in Vietnam yeah. and the Philippines. And uh, it's interesting because uh, he came here maybe in 1950. And, to uh, Phoenix? To Phoenix. That's how he originally got here. And uh, he came to Phoenix, and he was um, stationed out at Williams okay. Air Force Base. And uh, he came in uh, and got connected to uh, Reverend H.Y. Stevenson, who was the pastor of Pilgrim Rest at the time. Oh, is that right? Before Dr. Stewart? Yes, before before uh, Pastor uh, uh, Alexis oh, Thomas. Alexis. Uh, yeah, okay, before, Pilgrim Rest, yes. Yeah, Pilgrim Rest. Yeah. And, so, uh, and so he... Loved it here and always wanted to come back. So he left and went overseas, and then he went to Grand Forks. He was stationed in Van Courts, and uh, met my mom in Winnipeg, Canada. My mother's Canadian. She's Canadian. Yes, yes. All right. So I've got a lot of, and he's from Florida, so I don't know if you could be much farther away from wow. each other. But uh, so it was uh, uh, an interesting uh, journey to come here to Phoenix, and then he finally did get back here. And uh, um, they called him to pastor while he was still in the Air Force uh, to at First New Life. Uh huh. First New Life being about sixty years old. Is that about right? Sixty years old, um, approximately. When he took over? Uh, when he took over was about mm, nineteen sixty six, sixty seven. It was a. It actually started out in Maricopa as a um, uh, a migrant work 
church, church uh, migrant worker church. Really? Yes. By a Euro-American white guy. Wow. Who started the church and um, and, and of course it moved around. Um, and then someone said, we need to go ahead and plant this. And so they brought it into Phoenix. Yeah. Oh. Wow. So um, so you grew up in that church? Yes. yes. And then uh, did you go to high school here in Phoenix? I went to Moon Valley High School. Rockets. You did? Yes. Because that's where we lived. Yes. Maybe I told you that. I, I, we, my wife and I used to live there. Our very first house when we moved here. Well, I grew up here in Arizona. But uh, when we moved, when we moved back here, when we moved here after we got married, we bought our first house just just right across the street, 39th Avenue and and uh, Cactus. Cactus. Yeah. Yes. 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 And uh, at that point, those were the new. Those, that was the, ex, at the end of Phoenix, 39th Avenue and Cactus. There was nothing between the end of our street and Sun City, just right. cotton fields. Right. And Moon Valley was a fairly new high school. Yes. So you went there. Yes. How about that? And uh, left there. And went to uh, GCC. I went to Glendale Community College. Mm-hmm. Spent two years there, and then went to Chicago, and went to a school in Chicago, North Park College and Theological Seminary, oh, which okay. was also now North Park College or North Park University. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And African American, primarily, or no? You'll you'll get a kick out of this. It's a <laughs> Swedish Covenant school. Oh my goodness. So uh, yes, that so was... so did you break the, break the color barrier? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but it was a uh, it was Christian based. It was a good, really good school. I really appreciated yeah. what I gleaned from there. I think um, it was interesting coming from the background that I have. Uh, my father always um, allowed us, or really, I felt like we were always put in position to integrate. I mm-hmm. thought we were the integration family. Mm-hmm. And so we visited many churches. He was stationed in um, California, Anaheim, California, for about three years. In where? Where in California? Anaheim. Anaheim, sure. And uh, so we visited many churches uh, there. Um, and I never knew what kind of church we were going to be in. Yeah. And so, because he, uh, he went to Biola for a while. And uh, so he did. He took some classes there. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's and, where I went to school. Yes, and so uh, so we would go to different churches, and we had different worship experiences. Um, and so I got exposed to all of them. So it really, um, I think, enriched my ability to worship in any setting. That's wonderful, and to work together with people in multiple settings. Yes. Yes, for sure. Well, you know, I I uh, went to Biola University, and it was, I think, you know, if we had a half a dozen African Americans there, it would have been a lot. Uh, I was raised uh, in an all white neighborhood, first in Ohio, then here in Phoenix. The African American population here is is really minimal. Yeah, it is. When we we'd have uh, African Americans move move out here, I remember one family came out from Cleveland, joined my church, and I said. Brother, I apologize. <laughs> it's just, you know, where are the brothers out here? <laughs> People who come out from the, you know, well, oh, they play on the Phoenix Suns, you know, they play for the Phoenix Suns, they play for the Cardinals. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you went to, uh, that must have been a really interesting experience for you. I went to a Lutheran college for two years, too, and I believe there was one, one black student there. And it never really, uh, I think two guys now, but it never really... Uh, it never really occurred to me 
how how difficult that might have been at times. Did you uh, did you find it difficult going to that university in Chicago? I found that less difficult than it was. I think my my first introduction, I guess, or experience with racism happened actually when I went to uh, eighth grade here. Eighth grade here. Yes, eighth grade here. I, I don't know that I really noticed anything prior to that, and I and I'm somewhat. Um, uh, surprised that it wasn't until um, eighth grade that I experienced it. Uh, my father, on the other hand, I, I think in some ways he sort of shielded us from some of it um, from the perspective that he experienced some things that he never really talked about. Um, he had actually seen um, some lynchings in oh his my growing because he grew up in Florida, so he had actually seen some. And he never talked about it when we were younger, so I didn't know anything about it. He never um, talked in a way that um, degraded um, anybody of any ethnicity. Or we, we never had that, no slang, uh, no, nothing derogatory. We didn't grow up in that environment. And considering the background he came from, you could imagine that there would be some um, hostility and some changes that would exp be experienced. I had not, and yeah. so um, I know that when uh, we came here, um, and so I, when we left here, we I went to a predominantly black elementary school, and then we went to California, and uh, the uh, I did sixth and seventh grade there, and I was one of the few blacks there, but it was a different culture. But when I came back here, when I came to, we lived up in North Phoenix in the school, that was the first time that I had been really challenged um, with being different mm -hmm. and not being accepted. Mm -hmm. There was always some curiosity. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I remember being in, in the airport once. I was flying through uh, Chicago on my way to Phoenix, and I remember this woman was there with her little girl, and I looked at the little girl and waving at her, and the mother said, I apologize um, for my little girl. I said, why? She said, well, we don't have, I'm from Iowa, and we don't have many uh, black people, so all my little girl has ever seen black people is on television. And so never really seeing anybody, you know, real. And I said, okay, it's fine. And I think that's the the thing that I had um, grew up not having been exposed to. We didn't know. Really interesting. Yeah, the difference. And uh, um, my father said something. I took over um, one of the organizations. He was uh, the president of the Black Caucus for uh, an American Baptist uh, organization. And so... Um, after he retired, I ended up being moving into that position, and I remember asking. It was for the state of Arizona. It was for the. It was actually for the Midwest, Pacific Southwest. Oh, okay. Pacific Southwest, and and so uh, bottom line was he said. I asked him. I said, why Why do we need a black caucus in a Christian organization? I don't understand that. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, uh, ultimately, he said, he said they're good people. He said, there are good people. He said, there's just some things they don't know and don't understand. And so that's why we do this, to help them understand and, uh, and, and to help us to work together better. So Beautiful. Well, I, I've known your father. It's been a privilege um, collaborating with him, working together in, in uh, Christian love, uh, 
spending time with him, and he's always been a consummate gentleman. And I've seen how highly respected he is in the Valley uh, by both blacks and whites and, and Latinos. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting uh, that, that he has had some of these experiences and s- some of these very dreadful experiences, actually witnessing lynchings in the South and didn't really talk about it. Um, uh, just remarkable. Uh, Aubrey is a pastor. I'm speaking with Aubrey Barnwell, who's a pastor of New Life, First New Life Missionary Baptist, which is associated with the American Baptists, right? Uh, yes. Somewhat. Somewhat, yes. And uh, I had a, the privilege of preaching there, actually, this last year. Yes, we just had did. a fantastic time. And I've known Aubrey for some time, and, and uh, he has served uh, faithfully in the city. And we want to talk about his life and some of his perspectives on white and black. Come back and join us. <laughs> 